0: another edition of the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam. I am joined by Graham again tonight. I, I feel like Zach's more just of a, he's a guest host now. Like a guest, sorry. <laughs> he makes guest appearances. He's just a guest. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, maybe we'll see before the he's, end of the season if we can get him on one more time.
1: hes He's a fictitious thing that we reference all the time, but never see
0: exactly that's real good he's like uh he's kind of one... like my girlfriend in high school <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it all right so we are gonna touch on the first half of the matchups for week 16 uh, week 16 um hopefully hopefully you made it through it was a bit of a week week 15 was absolutely insane so i know that some uh Some people are probably a little bit disappointed, especially with some of the names, some of the big names that have that had disappointing weeks. So um, we'll start off with some news, though. Just uh, just, I mean, it's it's tough because there's we're recording on a Tuesday night on a Tuesday night and there's two football games on tonight. So not all the news is going to be here. Um, Not all of the the amount of points allowed when we're talking about matchups. Are going to be 100 accurate but they're going to be like 99 accurate so um it, it it'll be pretty close it's still going to give you a great idea of what the matchups are going to look like going into week 16 so we'll get to that in a bit um just touching on some news leonard fournette on injured reserve mike evans has a hamstring injury chris godwin is out for the rest of the season with a, a torn acl um the Bucks signed Le'Veon Bell. Um, the Jets activated Mike White off the COVID nineteen list. The Bills placed Cole Beasley on the COVID nineteen list. Um, MVS, uh, he's been placed on the COVID nineteen list. Uh, Tyler Lockett and both Alex Collins didn't uh, didn't play tonight because they weren't able to get them off the list. Um, Washington has re uh, has placed. JD McKissick on the IR. So it is Antonio Gibson for the rest of the year by himself. Um, another big one. We've talked about the bucks, like that offense, losing all the, those three pieces is huge. Cause I, I say three pieces because Evans is probably out. Um, but Kansas city, you're talking Tyree kill and you're talking about, uh, Travis Kelsey are both on the COVID list. So is the kicker, but we don't really talk about kickers a whole lot here. Um, and yeah i mean there's there's news on elijah mitchell who he's he is a game time decision is what they're saying so they're the thursday nighters so i i mean you'll know at the beginning of the week which will be good um and then yeah it looks like it's been a lot of other a lot of other covid-19 issues um you got austin eckler who was posted uh, placed on the covid-19 list so i mean you got to watch out. See if he's going to play this week. Uh, Joe Mixon suffered an ankle sprain. He's <laughs> got to watch watch his health going into the week. Um, the Titans have designated AJ Brown to return from A- uh, from injured reserve, so he could be coming back this week. Um, and then Jared Goff on the COVID nineteen list. Daniel Jones is out for the remainder of the season. So start whatever defense plays against the Giants. Um, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is hurt. So that's a big shot to the pieces on Denver. Um, and then other than that, I think it's a lot of guys going on the COVID-19 list and some guys coming off. So just make sure you're paying attention to your lineups and your, uh, your players on your team. So, uh, did you have anything to add to the news there, Graham?
1: No. Uh, just that uh, Eckler's probably not going to be given a whole bunch of jerseys if he's missing time at this point.
0: No kidding, eh? There's no way that he's going to help anybody win their fantasy championship. So, yeah, sucks because I I do like seeing players that are that are into the fantasy football aspect of it. So, and I I, I really I, I, I was like really Echler's. excited he he
1: put a full season together, uh, number two in uh, most formats and. Uh, Yeah, it's unfortunate.
0: All right. Well, we will get right into the matchups going into week 16. Um, Let's start out with Thursday nighter. I already kind of talked about it. It is San Francisco against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's allowing the – looking at the San Francisco side of the ball first. Tennessee's allowing the 10th most points to the quarterback, 32nd most to the running back, second most to the wide receiver, 28th most to the tight end and then second-most receiving yards to the wide receiver.
1: Yeah, so for this one, uh, if I'm looking at San Francisco this week, first of all, Mitchell is a huge piece. So if Mitchell's back, it, it it's hard to have a ton of faith in him just based off the way a lot of running backs have been worked back from injury this year. And he's kind of a perennially injured guy. So I want to say, go ahead, roll him out. It's not a bad matchup. It's not a good matchup. And, yeah, I, I don't think I'm starting any San Francisco running back in this game. Uh, where I am looking is more at the quarterback and wide receiver. I think Samuel and Auk are solid matchups this week. Um Kittle you're starting every week. It doesn't matter. But I think Samuel and Ayuk are in for big games this week. And I think Garoppolo is actually a bit of a bit of a sneaky start. Um could potentially have a have a decent week in store for him.
0: Should I put him on my sneaky start team this week? You might want to. I was actually he's thinking a, about it.
1: He's a good candidate.
0: Yeah, I uh I agree with you um the other thing is like even with elijah mitchell him being one of those guys that is injury prone jeff wilson was very good last week so um if you have jeff wilson it is a terrible matchup try not i personally try not to fall in love with what last week was because tennessee's been absolutely dominant against the running back in fantasy the last few weeks so um yeah it's 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 a scary matchup for them all right yeah. let's go let's go over to the uh, tennessee side of the ball san francisco's aligned the ninth most points to the quarterback 15th most to the running back 13th most to the wide receiver and 27th most to the tight end they're also allowing the second most quarterback rush yards but we're not gonna see Tannehill running here
1: <laughs> i mean he can move but he doesn't like to so you got to assume he's probably going to just get out of the pocket stuff, which could be anywhere from zero to 30 yards. but it's not going to be a huge contributing factor. Yeah. I think what will is if we've got AJ Brown back, we've got Julio, um if Foreman's back, I think this is still a relatively potent offense and this is certainly a very beatable defense for them to play against. So I think Tannehill's a decent start this week. I think A.J. Brown is a very good start this week. And if Foreman is practicing and looks good to go uh, tomorrow, I think uh, he's not a bad start as well.
0: Yeah, I do like Foreman. They've definitely used him. He, He has been their replacement for Derrick Henry this year, so... I think Foreman, if he is in, like, I can, yeah, he, I agree. He is 100% a great start. Um, Julio, I am not touching anymore this season. I picked him up in one of my leagues because I thought, you know what? AJ Brown's out. Julio has some decent matchups, but he is honestly, like, he got injured. I think it was, like, within the first five snaps, first five snaps of the game. So I'm just, I don't trust him anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, Julio's a band-aid. Uh, so he's, it's hard to, it's hard to start him in any game. Yeah. Um, I think Julio at this point is in his career is not someone who benefits as a wide receiver one on a team. No. So I think he, his numbers are almost potentially like, I think his upside is better with AJ Brown there than it is without AJ Brown there. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that you could start him and he could get 30 points, or you could start him and he could get zero.
0: I lean more towards the zero as of late, so. Yes, agreed. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the next matchup, which is Cleveland versus Green Bay. Looking at the Cleveland side of the ball first, Green Bay is allowing the eighth most points to the quarterback, 25th most to the running back, 17th most to the wide receiver, 14th most of the tight end, and they're allowing the most quarterback rush yards in the league. Um, I don't know if it is going to be Baker this week. I feel I, I think he does have to put, uh, he still has to put two negative COVID tests because he was on the COVID list, right? Last week? Uh, yeah,
1: I thought Baker was on COVID. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's why he wasn't. They COVID. haven't
0: projected to be Nick Mullins again. So, I mean. Who knows? He did actually okay. Um, But, uh, I, I mean, regardless of who it is at quarterback, you're not looking to start a Cleveland Browns quarterback. But Nick Chubb, this is a little bit of a tougher matchup for him. I still think, regardless of it being a tougher matchup, you're going to start Nick Chubb because he's one of those guys. And they were talking about it in the broadcast when I was watching the game. He's one of those guys that can get stuffed and get, like, two or three-yard runs, and then he breaks off one huge run. And he almost did it a couple times on the weekend. So I, I think Nick Chubb you start him regardless of the matchup um it is in my opinion it's donovan peoples jones who is the starting wide receiver he could be one of those savior savior lineup kind of guys if it is one of those weeks again like last week where you had a lot of guys who got placed on the COVID 19 list but other than that i in joku i i love david and joku he is very good. He almost caught an absolute highlight real touchdown. He is so athletically gifted. He is absolutely ridiculous on a team that has terrible wide receivers. I don't know why they don't utilize him more.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, I think uh
0: Hooper's back this
1: week. Uh, I think he's going to be off COVID as well. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch a tight end in Cleveland. Honestly, I wouldn't Cleveland's such a terrible offense to really... It's the
0: running backs and that's it.
1: Yeah, and this is a bad matchup for them in one that, in theory, they should be down early. And Green Bay's good against the runs, so it's a really bad matchup. Like I'd love to say... Like, back in the day, you know, you rolled out Chubb and Hunt, and they both got you great numbers. I don't think this is the game. I think Chubb's the only one you can really look at, yeah. and I would temper my expectations in this one, just because I think Green Bay is going to end up with a good lead, and I think Cleveland's going to have to try and win it on the arm of someone you don't want to
0: have to you win don't want to rely
1: on <laughs> yeah regardless of who it is yeah it won't it won't be someone you want to be relying
0: on no all right let's move over to the green bay side of the ball um look at it uh, uh sorry cleveland is allowing the 22nd most points to the quarterback 20th most points to the running back 24th most points to the wide receiver and 10th most points to the tight end you're starting Aaron Rodgers, regardless, it is a meh matchup, but he's shown over the last few weeks that he is matchup-proof. Um, you're starting Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's probably going to see Denzel Ward a bit, um, unless Ward is on the COVID list, but I don't think it matters. Adams is matchup-proof. Um, I'm I'm going to ask you, because you're the Green Bay fan, who are who you leaning towards, A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones?
1: I think right now it's kind of neither and both in a lot of situations. Um, Seems like Jones had the most
0: snaps last week.
1: Yeah. Seems like Dylan uh, has snuck in and gotten a little bit more of the red zone treatment. Um, But I think either one could outplay the other on any given week. Uh, I think if you have both of them and you're trying to figure out who to start, I think the answer is I don't know. (laughs) Uh, If you have one or the other and you're looking at who to start, I think the answer is that both are decent flexes and neither is a solid like RB1, RB2 call.
0: So I tend to lean AJ Dillon just based off of what you said in regards to Green Bay is probably going to be up. And I think yeah. with Aaron Jones still dealing with a few injuries, they could definitely just use Dylan as that guy who's just going to close out the game kind of deal. He's just going to run. and I, I mean, he's he's a beast. He's absolutely massive. He's such a strong runner. I, I think they'll probably just use him to tire out the defense and run out the clock. So, um, And, yeah, I think that kind of leans toward not being able to play any secondary wide receivers on Green Bay, too. In this yeah. matchup. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, Devontae is your only yeah. real pass catcher.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Indy versus Arizona. Looking at the Indy side of the ball, Arizona's aligned the 29th most points to the quarterback, 26th the most points to the running back, 9th most points to the wide receiver, and 31st most points to the tight end.
1: So, uh, on paper, this is a terrible matchup for most of their players. Uh, In reality, this is an Arizona defense that started the year amazingly well and have slowly tapered off to the point that they let Detroit put the hurt on them last week. So bad. So, I mean, it's possible we see the Arizona of old. And this is a tough matchup for you to rely on Wentz. Um, I think, I think you're definitely safe to put in Pittman and obviously JT, you're starting every week. If, if you need me to tell you that, uh, you probably shouldn't be playing fantasy, but, uh, or you shouldn't still be in the playoffs anyway, but, uh, but Carson Wentz is, is interesting. Um, i have two minds on him and... I think this is, he, he's he been really good at not turning the ball over yeah. of late. Uh, and he's been very precise with his throws. He hasn't been trying to make a lot of big plays because that hasn't been their offense as much. Um, but I think this is a game where you can probably rely on him to get you somewhere between 15 and 25. Okay. So if you're in a position where you don't need a big win from your quarterback, he's a fairly safe floor, I think.
0: Um, I I personally probably staying away from Carson Wentz this week. Jonathan Taylor, you're starting him no matter what. I think your call on Pittman is great. It, I think just after last week, him getting ejected and this being a great matchup, he's going to have a fire under him. So I think he's going to be an absolute just monster in fantasy this week. On that note, I think T.Y. Hilton is actually also a great start this week at the wide receiver position. So if you are looking for a wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, you can definitely sneak him into your lineup. So um, one thing I wanted to mention just on Carson, I was uh, I was looking at Carson Wentz's stats from last week, and <laughs> it's, it's a really funny stat line. Um, 12 attempts, passing. Five passes completed for 57 yeah. passing yards. One touchdown. And that one touchdown was that little pop pass to Hines on that double reverse. <laughs> I, I mean,
1: the stats weren't great. He no. was also playing an exceptional defense yeah. that is playing exceptionally well right now. And Indianapolis really went in there to dominate the gra- the ground game and kind of Lay the hurt on New England and they did exactly what they planned on. This is this defense is not New England. No. And I mean the simple fact is on those five passes he completed, like he still had over ten yards per completion. Uh there were just a bunch of incompletes. And honestly, a lot of the situations where they had Wentz throwing weren't ideal situations when you're throwing on third down, most of the time, that's not a good time to be getting completions. Uh, so I don't, I don't think you can. Yeah. I think you look at the stat line for the fact that he didn't have an interception, despite the fact that he was thrown on third down a lot, which is not a great time to be throwing, especially against a defense like that. Uh, I think that his game was not surprising and not really condemning of uh, his ability to put up points, in my opinion.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, let's move over to the Arizona side of the ball because there is some interesting conversations there. Um, looking at Indy, Indy's allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, 27th most points to the running back, 14th most to the wide receiver fourth most to the tight end, and they're also allowing the most receiving yards to the tight end.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Edmonds is back. He's, you know, healthy. I think he will cut into Connor's workload, which against a defense like Indy is really unfortunate because you wanted Connor to be a workhorse because I don't think this is a good matchup at all. No. Uh, I think there is also a possibility, especially based off last week, that Indy might end up up early and kind of actually beat the crap out of Arizona. I don't have a lot of faith in Arizona's offense at the moment. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. So, and and... Honestly, there, there's almost no team in the league that I think is more scary to play against than Indy.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, they've got their corners back, so yeah, they're ninth to the wide receiver. But that was because they were playing with bench warmers. Uh,
0: no, Indy's fourteenth to the wide receiver. Arizona's oh, sorry, 14th. ninth. Yeah,
1: yeah, fourteenth. It, it doesn't matter. Like they were playing with glorified pylons for a little while yeah. there. At corner, like Indy is, Indy's corners are very good. Yeah, yeah Rocky's
0: taken a huge step.
1: Their defense, top to bottom, is very good, and they are—they're not a that you don't want to be playing them any week. And this is Arizona is coming off of an embarrassing game. Yeah. And that's off of a couple of really bad performances before that. I, I I don't know who you really trust. I don't think Kyler's a great start. I think if you have him, honestly, I would probably start Jimmy G over Kyler right now.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. I 100% agree with that. Kyler Kyler is super Connor, scary for me. Yeah, Connor.
1: I think if you got him, he's probably one of the guys who got you there. Um, you're probably going to ro- roll him out, but he's he's a flex at best for me this week. I don't think he's going to give you the numbers he has been. Um, and I would just stay away from their receiving core right now. And, you know, Ertz is a decent start. He's a tight end, and Indy has let tight ends get good yardage. Yeah, but outside of Ertz, I don't know that anyone on that team is a good start and that's pretty much where I
0: would leave it. Yeah, Ertz is about the Ertz is the one that I'm the most confident in in this matchup and that's about it. Like it's not it's saying it's a Ertz, lot. I mean, yeah, it's saying a lot when you're not <laughs> super confident in starting Kyler Murray, James Conner, or any of the wide receivers. Yeah, so I mean it's tough, but that's, that's Indy's defense for you. So, all right, well, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Detroit versus Atlanta. Uh, looking at Detroit side of the ball first, um, Atlanta's allowing the second most points to the quarterback, ninth most points to the running back, fourth most points to the wide receiver, and 12th most points to the tight end. Atlanta is also allowing the third most QB rush yards. Now, I would. This was where I was going to go for a streaming candidate for for quarterback prior to Jared Goff being put on the COVID list. With Jared Goff out and just there being so much uncertainty at the quarterback position after that, it really, I mean, there was, there was a lot of streaming candidates in this game on the Detroit side of the ball for me. It's giving me, like, I'm a little hesitant to go. Anywhere other than probably the running back position. Um, Deandre Swift could be back this week. He's expected to practice this week, but if he's not, I think that, um, not it. it I, I wanted to say Josh Reynolds, but I think that the, the running back I know he's the wide receiver on the team. I think it's Craig Reynolds is the Craig running Reynolds, back. Yeah. 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 I honestly think he would be a really good play this week. Um, Jamal Williams
1: I, might be back
0: too. Is he? I thought he – yeah, he's on the COVID list, so he could be back this week because he missed last week. So if he puts two wh- – whatever running back it is, if Swift is out, Jamal Williams or Craig Reynolds could both be good plays. But the thing that I was also going to mention is uh, Dan Campbell did say that Craig Reynolds has earned more playing time. So even if Jamal Williams is back, I think that Craig Reynolds is still going to be involved. It's so funny that I, I – I, Always want to go to Josh Reynolds, and I keep thinking, I always keep thinking of like Joffrey Reynolds for the uh, Calgary Stampeders, but uh, I know that that's wrong. Um, But yeah, I mean, so running backs a good start against Atlanta. The wide receivers, I think it's really dependent on if Goff is playing. Goff's playing Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Josh Reynolds. Those are both pretty good flex options this week, in my opinion. And if Hawkinson uh, is Hawkinson out for the season or yeah he's done yeah he's right he is done then I don't even know who their backup tight end is and that pretty much tells you not to start a tight end even though it's a great matchup so
1: yeah I I, I'd agree with you I, I I'm less likely like I think if Swift is back He's got enough big playability and Atlanta's defense is crummy enough that I think you can roll out Swift regardless. I think everything else is dependent on Goff. If Goff isn't there, I don't know if Williams and Reynolds combine where it's going to break down for the percentages, who's good to start, who's not. Um I wouldn't touch a wide receiver if Goff isn't playing, which is incredible to say, but true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um feels weird coming so,
1: out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think Goff is a great start is is a good start. He's not a great start ever, but he's a good start this week. And yeah, St. Brown and Reynolds, it, it's totally dependent on if Goff is there.
0: All right. Well, let's look at the Atlanta side of the ball. Detroit is allowing the sixteenth most points to the quarterback, the second most points to the running back. 20th most points to the wide receiver, 17th most points to the tight end, and Detroit is also allowing the 5th most um, rush yards to the running back position. Um, Matt Ryan, half-decent streamer this week. I want to say because of the utilization of Cordell Patterson, this is going to be a good week to start him, but I actually think it's going to be a good week to start Mike Davis. And I don't have a rhyme or reason. I just think that they're probably going to use Mike Davis more as a traditional running back this week. Well, you'll see Patterson being that gadget guy. He's still going to be super – I think I think Patterson's relevant even though his his utilization has been minimized the last few weeks. Um, but, I mean, I'd rather take the super high ceiling, which he carries in every week, especially in a matchup like this. Um, Kyle Pitts, Yeah. He's a tight end. He's got a high ceiling. You can start him. Um, and I also think I if if Goff is out, I honestly think that Atlanta's defense might be a sneaky start this week.
1: Yeah, so I I definitely disagree with you on uh I think they've <laughs> used Cordero Patterson. He he's two to one out rushing Mike Davis right now. Davis inexplicably has been thrown to him more. Uh, a couple of times in the last few weeks. Uh, So I think that they're using Cordero inexplicably more as a traditional running back right now uh, than they're using Mike Davis. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero reason uh, for them to be doing that. I, I get that people are more concerned about Cordero when he's on the field, flashing out for catches, but do something creative. Like he's by, like he's a fantastic playmaker. If you give him open space, he's by far your best option uh, for making big plays. Get him the ball. <laughs> like I, I think this is a game where they're going to see. You're seeing a lot of people who are starting to come down on the Atlanta offense and especially their utilization of Cordero with how good he was early on, how many receptions he was getting and how much that is diminished over the last few weeks. I think you're going to see um, a strong attempt from Matt Ryan to utilize him better. Matt Ryan's, he's a seasoned vet. He knows what he's, doing. And I think the coaching staff is going to be a little more embarrassed and motivated to try and get the ball in his hands and at least let their best playmaker try and make a play. So I think this is a huge week for Cordero. I don't think that necessarily negates Davis. I think he's a decent flex play. Uh, he still had usage. I think this is the kind of game that's going to get him both lots of work. And they have been using him in the passing game, so especially in a full PPR league. I think Davis is a very decent start.
0: Yeah. I, I, the thing is, the the reason why I lean towards Mike Davis is because I expect, and I, I mean, I, I don't know if you expect this as well, I expect Atlanta to be up on Detroit if golf's out, right? So maybe they do the same thing that Green Bay would probably do with Dylan, use Davis to run, basically kill the clock. Um, one name I went right <laughs> over that we should have mentioned is Russell Gage. Russell Gage yes. has been very good the last few weeks. He this is an okay matchup, but he's going to, he, like he's been in on more than seventy five percent of the snaps. He's getting at least I mean eight targets, seven targets, twelve targets, six targets. Like yeah, yeah, I understand the six targets and sorry eleven last week. Like he's getting lots of targets. He is available, like widely available in a lot of leagues. If you need yeah. a wide receiver, Russell Gage is a great option.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um this one his targets are probably going to be closer to 6 than I think his ceiling is 11. But he's still their wide receiver one. He's still going to get looks and if you need a if you need a wide receiver off waiver wire, he's not a bad way to look. Yeah. Uh in responding to your comment earlier about comparing Green Bay to Atlanta, uh their teams in very different situations. I didn't Green Bay's I didn't necessarily looking mean... towards the playoffs. They don't care about individual games as much right now, and they're look they're gonna look to sit a guy if he's got any kind of um injury at all. Uh so Sitting Aaron Jones when they got a bit of a lead and leaning a little more on Dylan makes sense for them. For Atlanta, they've, you know, the future is bleak. The today is everything. Uh, winning games, especially games like this, if you lose to Detroit, I don't, I don't care, you know, how bad your season's been. Losing to Detroit is still a terrible feeling. And Atlanta, Matt Ryan, you can bet their head coach knows that his job's probably on the line, because if he loses to Detroit, he probably loses his job. So you can bet Atlanta's going to be motivated. There is no tomorrow. There aren't playoffs. I mean, there are other games, but there aren't playoffs ahead of them. This is a game they need to win. They're going to lean on Cordero. I don't see them abandoning him just because they have a lead.
0: I mean, Atlanta's still like still technically in the hunt for playoffs. They're not they're not eliminated. They are six and eight. Um, like they're not. They could. If, how many games back are they? I'm just taking a look right now. I think they're only like a game back from being in there. Yeah. There's only there's only five teams eliminated right now. So, um,
1: yeah, Atlanta, realistically.
0: Atlanta one game back.
1: Yeah. Even if they win out, they probably don't make the playoffs. And chances are they don't win out.
0: All right. Um let's move on to the next matchup, just because I feel like we're spending a whole lot of time on Atlanta.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I think that generally happens when we disagree on players. Yeah. Um so the next matchup is the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles looking at the giant side of the ball um philly's allowing the 12th most points to the quarterback the 12th most points to the running back the 30th most points to the wide receiver and the most points to the tight end
1: yeah so uh glennon's the quarterback yikes so uh i think saquon's a decent flex start Uh, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him a lot earlier than he deserved based off of his play this year. But, uh, yeah, I I think, uh, chances are you probably put yourself in a hole. So unless your other drafts were good, you're probably not in the playoffs still. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Saquon's been extremely mediocre. And this is a decent matchup, so I would expect a very mediocre stat line from a guy who's pretty mediocre against a mediocre defense. Um, But outside of Saquon, if you want to, you know, if you're hard up for a tight end, I say this periodically, I think Evan Ingram's a good play this week. Uh, Glennon's not going to throw the ball more than ten yards down the field, which tends to play into the tight end playbook. And uh, Philadelphia is just atrocious against the tight ends. So,
0: yeah, Evan Ingram is about the only other person that I think is worth talking about on the Giants, other than Barkley. Like he still got five targets last week. Like that's good for a tight end. And if yeah. you're if you're in tight end purgatory and you need a start. He's not going to kill you, so I, I know it feels absolutely gross, but if you need to, you can do it. Um, Yeah, I don't really have much more to add to the Giants' side. Let's uh, Let's move on over to the Eagles' side. The Giants are allowing the 17th most points to the quarterback, 8th most points to the running back, 8th most points to the wide receiver, and 19th most points to the tight end.
1: Yeah, so uh, I hate Philadelphia's offense. Um,
0: (laughs) Wow, starting out hot.
1: From a fantasy perspective, uh, it seems to be effective a lot of weeks. Um, Hertz is probably going to give you a good stat line. He'll probably do some dumb stuff that uh, a good quarterback wouldn't. But he'll also get you some rushing yards and make some big plays, which gets you decent fantasy points. Uh, I, like, I think you got a four-headed monster in Philadelphia, and I use monster very figuratively. Um, they are not uh, scary to actual teams. But Hurts, uh, um, Sanders, Smith, and Goddard are, I think, all good starts this week.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Hertz had a pretty good night tonight. Um, yeah, against... but he also
1: had a terrible night for a large amount of the game.
0: I know, I know he did, and he's this is what he's done all year though. This he's he's awful, awful, awful through like three and a half quarters, but for like the last quarter and a half, he just he gets you fantasy you got points
1: too many quarters in that. Yeah, I, sorry, my math four. did not match up there. <laughs> i meant Four. two and a half
0: quarters i said three and a half uh, yeah. two and a half quarters and then the last quarter and a half i was looking at numbers on the page looking at stats and i looked at a three you ever do that <laughs> where you like you're looking at something and it just you say the words when you're thinking about something else oh yeah terrible it happens at that. um anyways so i i, I mean it's a It's a pretty good matchup for Hertz. I think Hertz is matchup proof. you're going to, he's going to panic you for that first part of the game. You're not going to like it. But then the end of the game will come around and you'll be super happy. Um, But yeah, I agree with your, with your takes on all of the, uh, the, the skill position players after that. So let's move on to the next matchup, which is Jacksonville versus the New York Jets. Uh, looking at the Jacksonville side of the ball, the Jets are allowing the 6th most points to the quarterback, the most points to the running back, the 23rd most points to the wide receiver, the eighteenth—sorry, uh, the 8th most points to the tight end, the 2nd most rush yards to the running back, and the 2nd most um, receiving yards to the running back, as well as the 5th most receiving yards to the tight end. So, uh, I... I really, really – this is the this is the last chance I'm giving him. Trevor Lawrence, I have told you to start him before. I know I said last week that I was never – like I had lost complete faith in Trevor Lawrence. They got rid of Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, who apparently is awful, like a terrible human being. Um, They've got rid of Urban Meyer. It is going to be Daryl Bevel. I know he was the offense coordinator, so he was the one that was in charge of tra- calling plays for Trevor Lawrence. But I, I can't – Be optimistic that Lawrence isn't going to be a good start this week with the way the matchup is. Um, James Robinson, now that Meyer is gone and his head coach doesn't have a grudge against him, I think this is a great, fantastic, absolutely magical start. Because he's going to get the bulk of the carries in an absolutely fantastic matchup. So play if you have James Robinson congratulations you're probably going to have a week winning type of performance from him um i don't ugh, i don't trust any of the wide receivers so i'm not going to advise you whether to start jones or Chenault, cuz I, I honestly think you should go elsewhere um russell gage is a much better option than either one of those guys in my opinion and then tight end is irrelevant on jacksonville so
1: yeah. Um, I think you pretty much nailed it with most of it. Um, uh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, um, if you're really hard up, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's look at the jet side of the ball. Uh, Jacksonville's allowing the 15th most points to the quarterback, the 11th most points to the running back, the 10th most points, to the wide receiver and the 18th most points to the tight end. Um, I don't really have much to talk about on the jet side of the ball Michael carter I mean he was back last week didn't have a really good week at all but um i I do think he is a solid flex play this week um Braxton Barrios I know he was kind of our talk last week, but i mean it turned it turned into what was his, what was his stat line? It was, uh, it was uh, one reset, one target for one reception, twenty six yards, and then he rushed the ball twice for thirty three yards. Um, not, not ideal. And I think that there's better match, like better higher ceiling options for wide receivers this week than Barrios. Um, and yeah, that's honestly, I think it's Michael Carter, and that's about it for me on the Jets this week. And I say that. Like, he's barely making it into my lineup if I have him.
1: Yeah, I think Michael Carter is definitely a uh, fringe flex, um, but not a a guaranteed flex, even though the matchup's great. Uh, I think you have to also look at that he's a week removed from coming back from injury, which means he'll probably have a few more totes and be a little more effective with him. Berrios, I mean, the guy's outscored his projection the last two weeks considerably. Um, They seem to want to get him the ball. They've had a little troubles doing it. Uh, But I think as long as Moore's not back, if Moore's back, absolutely start Moore. There's no reason not to start Moore. Uh, But if Moore isn't in the game... I think Barrio still is a fringe flex.
0: Okay. Um, I thought Moore was put on the IR and wasn't going to be back until either week 17 or 18. Oh,
1: I thought he was uh, potentially back this week,
0: but I could be wrong. Yeah, if week 17 is the earliest he can return. Oh, I thought it was. yeah, Never mind. Yeah, so don't start. So Barrios, don't start more.
1: Berrios is a fringe flex <laughs> All
0: right. for me. Let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Looking at the Tampa Bay side of the ball, Carolina is allowing the twenty eighth most points to the quarterback, twenty fourth most points to the running back, twenty sixth the most points to the wide receiver, and twenty third most points to the tight end.
1: Yeah, so Tampa is. Uh... Tampa's an interesting team this week. They're missing a lot of pieces, and they're filling them in in some interesting ways. I think, personally, I think Brady's still a good play this week. I know Carolina's not a great defense to play against, but Brady traditionally has been dominant following embarrassing losses. And last week was embarrassing. Last week was potentially the most embarrassing game of his career. I feel like Brady is going to come back with a head of Fury. And uh, he's going to have Brown. He might have Evans. Uh, I think Brown is a fantastic start regardless, uh, because Evans and Godwin play very specific roles but Brown can do everything and tends to pick up everything the one left when one of them misses, but still do a bit of the others. So I think Brown is like a fantastic pickup. He's on a lot of waiver wires. Go get him. If you can get him, get him, throw him in. I think he'll be fantastic in this matchup. Despite the fact that it's not a good matchup on paper. Uh, But, yeah, I think Brown, Evans, I would throw Gronk out, and I think Ronald Jones is also a very good start uh, if he plays.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, Ronald Jones is expected to play. Fournette is out for the remainder of the fantasy playoffs. Um, And then Godwin's out, yeah. I I think this might end up being a bloodbath divisional matchup. Like you said, Brady embarrassed last week. He honestly he reminded me so much of a toddler having a tantrum last week just swearing at the sideline of the opposing team just breaking a tablet like yeah he
1: just... looked he looked so he, he looked uncomfortable and he looked completely pulled out and who knows who knows what caused that um I know Carson Wentz uh, made a claim suggesting that, uh, uh, I forget the lineman's name, but tried to hit him in the nuts oh, yeah, uh, in I the saw game. That. Yep. Um, so who knows what happened to throw him off. Uh, whatever it was, he better get his shit straight because guaranteed that player is probably going to brag about it and some other guys are going to know this pissed Brady off. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that you know the goat doesn't get his shit together.
0: Yeah, great winner, sorest loser.
1: <laughs> he's he's a he's very much like uh, Rivers. Oh yeah, was back in the day, just you know more talented and successful. But uh, one of those guys that players love. Playing with, because they're when you're always fiery. They they like playing with him when they lose too, because he's the guy who doesn't lose often. Because he's got fire in his belly, and he makes sure they don't lose the next week. Guys love playing with Brady. That's why he attracts so many yeah, people to play true. around him.
0: It is. True. Uh, I just I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how uncomfortable those sidelines are when he's angry like yeah, that. Yeah, but
1: he's not he's not he's not cutting people down. Like there's no. there's a difference between some of those guys you see who when they have like OBJ back in the day when he had a bad game when things weren't going well, he was on the sideline screaming at other players that they weren't playing well, that they weren't getting them the ball. He was complaining about them. When Brady gets pissed off, he gets pissed off at himself. He, you know, he might break a tablet, but if you're a player on that sideline, do you really care that he just broke a tablet? If he's not over there insulting your manhood and, like, you know, telling you that you're not playing well enough to his standard and it's their fault that they're losing, as long as he's not doing stuff like that, I don't think anyone's going to get too upset.
0: All right. Well, let's look at the other side of the ball, which is Carolina. Oh, one thing I didn't mention: um, I think this is also a great week to start Tampa Bay's defense if you have them. Um, it's been shown that regardless of who the quarterback is at Car- at playing for Carolina, they are prone to the turnover. So, they and bleed points. Yeah, Tampa Bay's defense is actually pretty good. Um, okay, looking at Carolina, Tampa Bay's allowing the 11th most points to the quarterback, 30th most points to the running back, 21st most points to the wide receiver. 13th most points to the tight end and Tampa Bay is also allowing the fifth most quarterback rush yards.
1: So I'm going to say that uh, if Cam Newton plays, he's a decent start this week. I think he's going to have like six or seven turnovers. I'm exaggerating, but it'll probably be at least three. Three. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, That's the number I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Six or seven is an exaggeration, but the reality is still pretty horrendous. Um, he'll have a bunch of turnovers almost guaranteed uh, it's Cam Newton at this point you just have to assume that, but he'll also have a bunch of rush yards probably a rushing TD and it's a divisional matchup and it's one where I think Tampa's offense is gonna you know put points up. So I think you can look at Carolina as potentially trying to match suit, which. Especially against Tampa, who's tough against the run for running backs. Uh, I think you can look at guys like Moore and Anderson, uh, and I think you can throw them in your lineup this week. Uh, I know Moore's been a little more of a consistent start throughout uh, Newton's kind of regime, but, and, you know, he should be. And every week start, there's no reason if he had a quarterback that was adequate. But I think Anderson's even a decent start this week based off the fact that I think they're going to have uh, a lot of throws. And I think both receivers should benefit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think they'll be behind and I think they'll probably be trying to make points up. It, like trying to match the offense of Tampa Bay as well as if they are so far behind, garbage yeah. time is going to be real good for them. So, I cannot uh, agree more with what you said about the wide receivers and Cam Newton. So, all right, well, let's uh let's look at the last matchup of the night, which is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Houston Texans. Looking at the Chargers side of the ball, Houston's allowing the 24th most points to the quarterback, the sixth most points to the running back, the 15th most points to the wide receiver. And the seventh most points to the tight end. I mean, the obvious starts here are Herbert. You're starting. You're starting um, Keenan Allen. You're starting Mike Williams. If Eckler's off the COVID list, which I highly, highly, highly doubt, um, then you can definitely go to. Um, oh, what's that backup running back's name? Kelly. Uh, John, yeah, Kelly. Well, they have two. Jackson and Kelly, but I tend to lean, um, towards the, um, I think I actually lean towards the Jackson side of the ball because he had, he had 54% of the snaps last week. So I think Justin Jackson should be the pickup, um, if Eckler's out and obviously you're not going to know until game time this weekend. So if you have a spot, add Jackson to your roster, um, and then, I mean, other than that, you can definitely look at the tight end. Uh, Parham's obviously out with that really scary injury last week, so it's going to be Jared Cook, and he's probably going to be the only option. So he's going to get lots of snaps. He's going to probably get a decent amount of targets. I think in a really good matchup, he's a really good stream this week.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing that really hurts the Chargers is the fact that that it's Houston and there's a decent chance they'll be playing from ahead. Uh, But I don't see any reason that you don't go for their playmakers. And the one thing I will say for the idea of Kelly um, over uh, Jackson is that Jackson is a bigger guy. He fills kind of that different role than Eckler. Yeah, they complement each other well, but he doesn't fill Eckler's shoes well. He's not—he's not the quickest guy. He's not—he does the best the back ball catcher. as well. Yeah, like he's—he's he's a very good complement back to Eckler. I think he's a terrible replacement back. Whereas Kelly is a smaller guy. He's a lot more built like Eckler to fill that role. So I think, I think if you're looking for a solution on the Chargers, I think they're both kind of coin flips, and one of them will probably excel this week, but I really can't tell you which one.
0: All right, let's uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. It's probably going to be a pretty quick conversation. Um, looking at Houston, the Chargers are allowing the 18th most points to the quarterback the fifth most points to the running back, the 31st most points to the wide receiver and the second most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the fourth most running back, uh, sorry, the rush yards for the running back. I, I got my when I bold prediction several weeks ago, when I was talking about the, the tight end in, in Houston, um, Even though this is a great matchup for the tight end, I'm not doing it just in case anyone was wondering. Um, CJ Uzama is my forever bold prediction at tight end, and I won't ever go anywhere else again. Uh, But David Johnson, I actually really like David Johnson in this matchup. He was extremely relevant last week. Um, I don't really want to go with Brandon Cooks this week. It's a tough matchup the Chargers have been really good against the wide receiver but if you're looking if you're looking for a flex play i think david johnson is probably your best case scenario probably get him for absolutely nothing and uh yeah that's that's about it for me on the Houston side of the ball
1: i mean i'd i definitely start cooks uh, david johnson i think had 24 yards last
0: week i know but i it, it's the matchup
1: Yeah, but uh, Burkhead's been their more effective back, and he's had better usage. Burkhead was even more effective last week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: Burkhead did have sixty-four percent of the snaps. So it was just if I'm
1: if I'm looking at either, I know all the apps tell you it's Johnson. Everybody seems to project him to have a higher, you know, total. But week after week, Burkhead outscores him. He gets more usage. He's obviously the better running back. I think if you're looking for... And I'm I'm not suggesting to, but I think if you're looking at a running back in Houston as a fringe flex, uh, hoping for the best, I think Burkhead's a better uh, place to throw your prayers than uh, Johnson.
0: But the, that's just me. The reason why... I leaned David Johnson was because it was his first game back after injury too. So
1: even before the injury though, like I know Burkhead was outplaying him.
0: I Burkhead was outplaying him. He had more opportunities, but he was running, he was rushing for a lot less yards per carry. And I just think David Johnson is a much better receiving back as well than Burkhead. I know Burkhead's done it in the past, but David Johnson is one of those guys that like he was a former wide receiver so yeah and he's been atrocious for years (laughs) you've got to make you got to make bold prediction not bold predictions but you got to make bold plays in fantasy football playoffs and i my bold play might pick up lev bell no no don't do it (laughs) don't listen to him that is a terrible idea don't do it
1: Well, you're giving terrible advice. I wanted to throw some out too.
0: Hey, I've got numbers to back it up though. Lev Bell's probably not, like, Lev Bell's probably going to be like fourth on the depth chart going into the weekend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Don't, don't, I'm not actually suggesting if anyone is listening and actually takes my advice to heart. Um, Yeah. Don't ever start Lev Bell, especially not this week.
0: All right. Well, did you have anything else to add to that matchup or should we uh, look at some buy and sell?
1: let's look at some buy and sell
0: perfect all right so getting it into buy and sell um i will lead it off here with my buy and sell my buy and sell was tom brady is a top 10 quarterback against carolina i actually sold this i know i haven't sold one of my buy like my buy and sell in a few weeks um i just (laughs) week i had to do it it was it was the original way i went always um, but uh, I, uh, I think just with the matchup against Carolina, it is a tougher matchup. They're probably going to be ahead just because Carolina is really bad. Um, and I think you'll probably see a lot more carries going to Ronald Jones. So,
1: All right. Well, um, as I mentioned, um, I think Brady's going to come back with fire in his gut. And I think he's going to throw well and throw often. Uh, I do think they'll end up ahead, but I think Carolina in this one is—it's a divisional game. I think they're going to put up some points to keep ahead, keep up with them, and uh, they're still a good run defense. And Ronald Jones is Ronald Jones, so I think the odds are good that Tom Brady is a top ten quarterback this week, and I'm a buy, and so is Zach. Probably for very similar reasons.
0: Yeah, we'll just say whichever one Zach agrees with, that's probably the exact same reason. So, um, all right. Well, I'll just get Zach's out of the way here. Um, he says that Dak Prescott is going to be a top eight quarterback this week. He's sold on this, and I'm not sure why. Uh, that kind of leads into mine. I bought it's. He's going against Washington. Washington's allowing the most points to the quarterback position in fantasy football. I'm sorry, I think even with a half of football, he'll probably be able to put up enough points to be a top eight quarterback this week.
1: Yeah, so um I'm going to sell on this as well. Um partially just because I know you bought, so <laughs> I but also I, I see I see Dak, like if he'd have said ten, I might have bought on it. But at eight this is a game where I do expect Dallas to beat up on Washington. They're basically without a quarterback. They've they're going to be picking up someone from the middle of nowhere, um, and it, like they're without McKissick, who's been a great playmaker for them. They pretty much have McLaurin and Gibson. Gibson has been hobbled all year. I. Don't don't think he can handle more than 20 carries. Uh I think 15 if I'm really being honest. And McLaurin it's been proven that they don't have playmakers behind him, so just throw a whole bunch of people around him and he's not a big guy, he can't jump over them. Uh so like I I could see Dallas really wrecking. Washington in this game even though it is a divisional game and I think this is one where you see the running back usage heavier than the what what uh quarterback and wide receiver so while I think Dak is good I don't think he's a top eight all right and
0: what is your buy and sell this week
1: my buy and sell (laughs) is Cordero Patterson is a top five running back this week uh this is a bold prediction by and sell which i said i was going to stop doing uh but (laughs) i decided to go ahead and do anyway uh patterson hasn't even been a top 20 running back the last two weeks yeah um to say top five is 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 pretty bold but um you got to think too that a lot of guys that are regularly in that top five uh you know jt's still healthy But of the rest of those kind of every week top five guys, you know, Mixon's hobbled, Ackler's probably gone. Um, I think that Cordero has a shot. He's in the right matchup. And as I mentioned earlier, I think they're going to go out of their way to try and utilize him in this game because this is a real make or break it for this team. All
0: right. Um, I sold on it because I mean, I'm not going to say much more than I, I think what I said in the matchup discussion. I think it is a Mike it's Davis a, this week, so yeah, it's it's a
1: bold prediction, it too. Is. Like, it's a, it 100% it's
0: is something I expected anyone else to buy. On. No, and Zach also sold it, so yeah. All right, well, yeah. uh, that wraps up the show for tonight. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow with the remaining matchups as well as we will look at our start sit decisions for the week. And end off with apparently another bold prediction. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Thank you. I won't
1: make my bold prediction that he's a top four.
0: (laughs) Your bold prediction will be he is the number one running back on the week. (laughs) My bold, he grabs bold prediction of tomorrow. Too bold. It will be uh, Cordell Patterson will have 100 yards receiving, 100 yards rushing and throw two touchdowns. I think he's gonna have ridiculous. at least 200 yards throwing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I went with the touchdowns, <laughs> yeah. but apparently, yeah. yeah, that's too much. Um. Uh. Anyways, thank he's an you. everything guy. This is a utility, right? So. Yeah. Um. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening, uh, or listening or watching. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. It Definitely helps us out a bunch. You can also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will be back tomorrow. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to email us at potbellypigskinfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right. Well, good luck and uh, good night, everyone. Cheers.